0: Oh, Jesus. I don't know how many of you really understand and I've taken the, 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 the lyrics of this song to heart. But for me, as our sister was leading and singing that song, tears were running down my eyes because I saw myself fit, very fit, in the lyrics of the song. Somewhere. So I have to agree that we have no other argument, no other gospel, no other message, no matter what anybody thinks. For us, it is enough. Christ died for us. Oh, your amens are not coming this morning. These days, because of the marks, you don't know who is talking and who is not talking. I shall we shout a bigger amen unto the Lord. Please, by the mercies of God, I want to plead with you that if you are in this service, you must wear a face mask. Is it a face mask or nose mask, whatever you want to call it? Please, by the mercies of God, I plead with you. So long as I'm in this service, I want to ensure that everybody is observing the protocols. I have a duty and an assignment to ensure that uh, we don't come to church and get problems. We want to thank God for this morning, and we want to bless him for another opportunity in his presence to be together. Amen. And we want to thank God for the life of our presiding elder for the wonderful deliverance that God has given to him and his family. Uh, it, has, it has been a very terrible experience and we pray to God that he will intervene and restore him to health. And we pray that the people who did this, they should know no peace until they own up. Hallelujah. So as you go by your everyday activity, you keep them in prayer, that the Lord will take care of them. We want to bless God and we want to hear the word of God. I'm talking to you about Christ as our high priest, Christ as our high priest, and we'll read some scriptures, Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. Those of you who are taking notes can also take, again, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1 to 11. Let's pick the Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 to 11 first. Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness because of this he is bound to offer sacrifice for his own his own sins just as he does for those of the people and no one takes this honor for himself but only when called by god just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek." In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers, and supplications, with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. I will end it at 10. Let us read from chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful to God, in, to, faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For everything... For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house. I want you to take note of that that phrase. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are in his house. I want you to connect. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are in his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Amen. I will finally read from 1 Timothy chapter 2. From verse 1 to 6. First of all, then, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God. Our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Hallelujah. So, the summary of the scriptures that I've read. It's telling us that Jesus Christ is playing a role on our behalf. And that is what we want to just discuss a few of them as far as time will allow us. So we see that the book of Hebrews, as we have read, um, tries to convince the Jewish believers to shift from the old order of legalities, the old order that is the Old Testament service was based on law, was based on rituals. So like as we are coming to church, everybody must be holding either a cow, a sheep, or a goat, or some bird, depending on what you are coming to offer. Like by this time, all around, you hear bleatings and crowings of, and shouts of animals all around. And then everybody will make a sacrifice during the service based on what you need to be done for you. And so they were based, their their service was based on legal issues. Thank God those legal and law law issues have been taken away and grace has replaced it. I said grace has replaced it. Hallelujah. So we should thank God for this freedom. So he was the writer of Hebrews that we don't know yet was talking to the uh, Jewish believers who have come to church and have become Christians, and were still, they still wanted to follow the circumcisions and the rituals that they used to do in the legal regime. But then he was trying to take them away from that to freedom of grace, and that the, that the new style is required. So there's a new lifestyle that is different from the Old Testament era. And so Jesus Christ in is portrayed, or the writer of Hebrews portrays Jesus Christ as a wonderful savior and a superior leader, compared to Moses, compared to Joshua, and even the angels. So the superiority of Christ is established over all that came before him. So the Hebrew, the book of Hebrews, tried to bring that to the fore and let the hearers know that Jesus Christ is superior. And then the book also tells us that we have a better covenant. Hallelujah. We have a better sanctuary. And we have a more sufficient sacrifice for our sins. These three things are very critical to our faith. When God called Israel, he made a covenant with them. And when he called Jesus, we came to Jesus, God has made a covenant with the church. And individually, I believe that every believer has a covenant or must have a covenant with God. You must have your own personal covenant. That will inform the way you do your things. That will inform the way you serve God. That will inform the way you worship the Lord. That will inform the way you give your offering. You don't listen to what anybody else is saying because you know of a personal covenant. I pray that God will open your understanding and open your knowledge. And open your mind so that you can have and understand these things and establish what God has for you. If it is personal, it is not about the pastor, it is not about the elder, it is not about who offended me, it is not about who has insulted me in church, it is not about who did not come to visit me when I was sick, but because I know that I have a covenant with God, like Joseph, my brothers will send me to Egypt but the covenant that God has for me will let me come out from all the troubles, and then I will reach the pinnacle of what God wants to do in my life. So the, the, the writer tells us that we have a better covenant, which is easy, which talks about liberation, we talk about freedom, and then a better sanctuary where worship is done in spirit. As Jesus said, the time is coming, it has come. That the true worshippers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. Because the argument was that our fathers said we should worship in Jerusalem. But you are saying that we should worship on the mountain. Or our fathers worship on the mountain. But you say we should worship in Jerusalem. So Jesus said that that argument is dead. Because there's there's a new sanctuary. There's a new temple which is in us. And service can be rendered wherever we are. We don't need to be in church before God will listen to us. By that, I'm not saying that we we'll not come to church. But what I'm saying that wherever you find yourself, the presence of God is with you. So we have a better sanctuary. And that Christ's sacrifice is sufficient to save us. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody sing this song: sufficient is thy am alone. And I defense seek you. Sufficient is Thy arm, and our defense. So, the song writer who sang the earlier song that we sang is saying that the death of Christ and the sacrifice that He has made is sufficient to save me and to save you. So, I am saved. There's no debate about that. I am saved. My salvation is assured. And so you don't need to tell me that I need to do other things before my salvation will be. That one is sealed. The other ones left is how I will serve God faithfully so that the, the, the ingredients that are in that bag, the ingredients that are in salvation, the benefits and the blessings, I will receive them. The way I will live with God, that will determine how the level of blessings that God will give to me. But after salvation, I have been saved. Praise God. So the argument will come as to whether we can lose our salvation. That will be another topic for another time. And so these are some of the things that the writer of Hebrews was trying to bring to the fore and to bring to the attention of the believers at the time. And so then he encourages believers to hold on to these things and encourage one another. And then believers were also warned in the book against the consequences of rejecting the sacrifices of Christ. There's a consequence and a price to pay if you reject what Christ has done. And you want to have your own form of service. somebody says, I want to stop sinning, I want to stop drinking, I want to stop womanizing before I come to church. And I tell the person that it is not by your strength. It is by grace. You come by grace. When you come, then the one who clothes you with righteousness, the one who clothes you with grace, the one who stands between you and God, he will ensure that you are able to move away from all these challenges that you face. The guy came to me recently and was sharing his bitter experience of masturbating and all that. Challenges, and to him he had condemned himself, and because of that he has decided that he will not go to church again. But time he came to church, especially on a communion day like this, then the guilty conscience were reminding him that you are a sinner, and so he had reclined, and condemned and relegated himself to to that that he will no more go to the church. I told him that it will not help you. It is in the church. It is the ministration of the word of God. It is in prayer. It is in fellowship. That is when the temperature that is in the fellowship will affect you. So then if there are any scales on your eyes, if there are any unwanted things in your life, in fellowship and in prayer and in listening to the word of God, those things will fall off naturally. Of course, these things don't come by magic. You need to work for them. And so I have to encourage him that it is very difficult for you to say that I want to have my own righteousness and because of that I will stay away from the church. So the book continuously and the readings we have done tells us that uh, it became necessary that we have somebody that will stand between man and God. One, because, because of the Adamic sin, we have been separated from God. And so God was looking for somebody who is stand in the gap. All men have sinned. And then this person that was stand in the gap must also not be found with sin. And so before he goes before the, church, the, the God, then he has to cleanse himself, as the reading tells us. Aaron had to take sacrifices of the people to God, but he had to cleanse himself, because he himself is a sinner. And so there were rituals that he had to do. Then the priest became, became the mediator between man and God. And then the priest also functioned to appease God. He rendered sacrifices of animals and the blood. When God saw the blood, then God was appeased. That blood has been shed. So without the, remi- without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission of sins. That is Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Let me quickly run down this way. And so... The readings and the scripture of the book of Hebrews tells us about the functions of a priest. And then he mentions first of all that he's taking from among men as we read from uh, Hebrews chapter 5. And then he deals with God on behalf of the people. In the New Testament, I want to say confidently that that role has been assumed by Christ himself. So as I stand here, I cannot call myself a mediator between you and God. I am not. And so these days, people have taken the role that Christ is, uh, 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 is playing. Recently, I had a group where my colleagues—they were calling themselves. This one said he was a high priest. The other one said we belong to the Sahindwin. This one said, and they were using terms. So I threw in a warning that we should be careful. We should not claim that title for any human being. The only high priest left at the moment is Christ, Amen. who is seated above in the heavenly sanctuary, and the Bible says that he offered you his own blood. Look, when Jesus died and went into the grave for the three days, there were spiritual activities that were going on. Jesus covered his blood and went and showed it to the Father. The Father, this is the reason why you sent me. I have accomplished the task. This is the blood. Take it for once. And let us stop offering and sacrificing other animals. Because my blood is precious and I have sacrificed it. Father, I bring it before you. So in the heavenly sanctuary, Christ offered himself and then showed the blood to the Father. And then the Father says, Father, that's why when he met the woman, he said, Don't touch me because I have not gone to show myself the Father. I've finished the tab, but let me go and report back that I have accomplished the work of your salvation, that I have accomplished the work of your redemption. Then when my Father gives me the approval, then I'll come and the church will be established and you will become partakers of this wonderful experience. So then, the priest by then was doing that duty for between man and God. And the Bible says that verse 3 of Hebrews 5 says that he sees he has compassion. The priest must have compassion because he was, a, he was a human being. So when Aaron was going to do the sacrifices, he carried, he had to put on the shoes of Israel, the Israelites. And so the Bible says that he had a breastplate where the 12 tribes of Israel, their names, were embossed. And there was light, there, there, there's a reflection. So when he entered the Holy of Holies, the, the, the tribe that are sent, the, the, their, 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 their name will begin to show, and it will reflect, to remind everyone that there's a problem with this tribe. And so when you are making sacrifices, you have to make sacrifices for them. So when he enters the Holy of Holies, he carries the feelings that the people have, and then he brings it to God. And that is the role that Jesus has assumed, we read Hebrews chapter 4. You'll see that one. And so the obligation or the duties of the priest was to carry the the, the the problems and the sins of the people to the presence of God. Now, as I said, the priest must be without defect, he must be without any defect, he must be married to, in fact, a, a virgin. In the old testament, the priest must marry a virgin, and he must not marry a widow or divorced wife, and then he cannot mourn the death. He doesn't go to funeral. So if that priest was living in Kumasi or Ashanti region, he would get problems with his members. Hello? Hi. And then we go over here, if you play with our funeral, we'll be tied So he doesn't have to attend, he doesn't have to go near a dead body. So this is a we do fire pass. That's why we don't qualify to that. And then, must not eat anything that died on its own, any animal that died on its own, or, or was killed by another, another animal. These were all requirements that the priest needed. He must stay holy. He must stay from things that are unclean, uh, and, then, and other things also follow. So these are the things that the, the writer of Hebrews was sharing all along. Then in chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15, he mentioned Jesus Christ as the high priest, and we have mentioned in chapter 5 that God himself confirmed and conferred on him the title, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. So when you read Hebrews chapter 9 verse 5, you'll see this one. And then that is where his mediatory role, or the role that he plays as a mediator, is clearly established. When you compare it to 1 Timothy, as we read, chapter 2, verse 5, verse eight, there is only one God, and there is one mediator between man and God, the man, Jesus Christ. He shed his blood on our behalf, and he is there performing a priestly function on our behalf. How are as many as are happy that we have Christ, as our high priest and mediator, to shout a big amen unto this. Because that is the reality. We have a, a senior brother, we have an elder brother out there. Oh, praise God. Yes. I said we have a, an elder brother out there. Yes. Who knows our pain? Who knows our suffering? Yes. And so he's pleading on our behalf every day. Thank God that we have a brother like that over there. Yes. And so we share our, 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 our feelings and our desires. That's why I said that when we sin, we say we are without sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins, and then he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So the writing, the, the scripture is saying that Jesus Christ is superior to Moses. Because Christ has become triumphant after his sacrificial death on the cross. Shall we take Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 to 4? Let's quickly... Take that one, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. If you can project it for us. Right. Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and of holding all things by the web of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat on the right hand of the majesty. Let's go to four. Being made so much better than the angels, as he had, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what, what we, are, we, are, we, are, we are learning and informing ourselves about is that he has become triumphant over death. And he has sacrificed himself through death. And because of that, God has given him a place. And his place is permanent. He is a high priest forever. Everyone has died. And the other ones, uh, Zacharias and all the high priests have died. And incidentally in our time, we don't have high priests. So people can confer it upon themselves, but we don't have them on earth. But we have a master and a chief high priest who is seated there forever. He does not die. I say he does not die. So if your mom has disappointed you, if your husband has let you, if your wife has let you, Jesus is still around. Yes. Remember, big brother is up there and he's pleading your case every day and every night. That is assurance you have. Anytime we approach this table, it serves as a remembrance that we have a brother up there who has chanced and through his death has been given a permanent place. You know, I have a brother in presidential palace, uh, in Cameroon. we call it presidential palace. Here, is it Jubilee House or Flaster House? Okay, whatever. Uh, whatever. flash House, Jubilee House. If you have a brother there, even if he's the communication director there, look at how they work. When they come to town, man, when they come to town, even, I want to believe that even the, the sweeper in the presidential palace, there or the jubilee house, or whatever, when it comes to town, we'll come and tell everybody that I'm the one who serves the President tea, I'm the one who rushes, i the one who takes his clothing to the laundry because of the, the high office and the that nature of it. There's an honor that is attached to it. So, if i have a brother there, I am sure that he I have a problem and I call him. Some way, somehow, he will be able to help me. But he is limited. Recently, I had an experience where I lost my passport. And when when we were processing it, I believe I've shared this testimony before. When we were processing a new one, God miraculously made me come into contact with the uh, director of passport, the new director of passport, and he helped me to get a new passport. But then later on, I had another experience where I needed to work on. The renewal of my, my, my children's passports. I called the same person. He gave me an appointment. I called again. The line will ring and ring and ring. And he will not respond. But i the Bible says that we have an advocate in heaven. We have a mediator in heaven. Who is on point 24 hours. Anytime we call upon him... He will hear our voice. What is important and strange is that he knows your voice. And he knows where you stay. He knows your house number. He does not need a locator. He does not need a GPS address. He does not need a Google map to locate you. He knows where you are. Even as you sit here, he knows that you are in this service. So if there are goodies, if there are things that heaven is sharing, I want to believe that your name is on the list. Oh, people don't believe some of these things. I, my name is there. If God is sharing anything today to Christians, I'll take my share. May you receive yours in the name of Jesus. When Jesus is pleading your case and is there, don't mind what disappointment you have gone through. He is on point or is at the duty post 24 hours. 24 hours, seven days a week. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are my friend, my companion, oh, my God, glory. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 to 28. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 to 28. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God, on our behalf. Did not hear that? To appear in the presence of God on whose behalf? On our behalf. On our behalf. You can make it personal. On my on behalf. behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For them, he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that, that comes judgment, so Christ. Having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Hallelujah. So when he says that he has entered into heaven itself to appear on our behalf, hallelujah, that should give you some comfort and that should give you some reliability. And then you rely on him and you depend on him. So, Moses, whatever Moses was doing in the Old Testament, the Bible says that was a shadow of what Christ was to come to do. So, now let me mention some few things here and then I will end the discussion. Now, I want to look at the role that as the high priest, few things about him as the high priest. We have been told that he was appointed by God, his father, as we read in Hebrews chapter 5. From verse 1. And then he went into a divine preparation. God prepared him over time. In fact, Christ was sacrificed before the foundations of the world. And that is a mystery. The world has not been created. So we will see. But we have been told by inspiration that, by revelation, that before the foundations of the world, Christ was sacrificed. In the vision that John saw, he said, "I saw a lamb like has been slain before the foundations of the world." And so he underwent a divine preparation. God prepared him actually for the assignment, and he actually passed the test. Hallelujah! Shall we pick it from Hebrews chapter five? We are reading from eight. Hebrews chapter five. Let's pick it from verse eight. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered and being made perfect. That is the point. So he went through those things and he became perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So he went through a preparation and then he was perfected. And then because of that, he is the only Savior. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. No two ways about that. No matter what anybody claims, we know that there is no name given unto men by which they shall be saved, except the name Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior, and we have come to him, and we can bear testimony that he has saved us. I always say that there are some people that if not because of Christ, by this time, we were done long time ago. I tell you, the riches in your family, there may be too many But God has given you a refuge in Christ. Because me and you, together we have been hidden in Christ. Together with Christ, we have been hidden in God. So the things that happen to us, the challenges that come to us, they come because we are human. In Christ, himself, when he came on earth, suffered it. And so when you read Hebrews 4, it tells us that he suffered all manner of things, but he did not sin. So he went through our suffering, so he knows our suffering. And so the things we go through are because we are human. But the truth is that our lives have been secured in Christ. Even if we die today, we have hope that we are going to live forever in heaven. Hallelujah. And so, beloved, Christ, and I want these situations, And then, as we said in, initially, he. Represent us in heaven. He knows our weakness. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Jesus knows your crying. This morning, if there is anybody crying here, if there is anybody who is confused here, if there is anybody who is troubled here, I have come as a servant of God to assure you that He says He knows your troubles. Yes. He said we should cast our burdens upon Him because He cares. Is there somebody here that is afraid of tomorrow? Is there somebody here who is afraid of what is going to happen in the week? Is there somebody that is having a heart trouble because of the, 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 the fear of the future, of the uncertainty of the future? I've come to tell you that he knows it. Take him by his word and then do, and build a relationship with him and he will take away. So he meets our needs once he knows our weakness. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. Hebrews chapter 7, and verse 26. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained. it is important. So he said he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifice daily, first for his own sins, and then for those of the people, since he did, did this once for all, when he offered himself, hallelujah. And so he, 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 he knows our weaknesses, and is there pleading our case. He's merciful, he's a merciful priest, he's a merciful high priest, a merciful and faithful high priest. You can note this, merciful and faithful high priest, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17, you can note it. Pertaining to the things of God. And he is without sin, And so he qualifies to be a high priest. He is a superior high priest than all who came before him. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20 to 25. You can read it at your spare time. And another thing is that he does not change. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if somebody stands here and gives a testimony... The same God that did that for the person to come and share the testimony. As far as his love for us is concerned, he is not partial. He does not discriminate. So he is able to do it for you also. So when somebody is giving a testimony, you connect to it. And then you can use that as a stepping stone to tell God that, God, if you have done it for A, you can do it for me also. And so he does not change. Human beings change. Yeah, you know somebody is a very good guy, so please, if you in ministry, when you come for interview this year and you don't succeed and you have to come again, when you come, we'll, we'll interview you again because human beings can change within a twinkle of an eye. Even here, you somebody is nice. He leaves the church and something has happened and he has changed. So before you come again, we have to test you again. And that you have the spirit of God that is able to determine who can become and who cannot become? There, there's a history in this church where two guys who are going for ministerial interview have gone for Juju. Oh yes. They have come to consult a uh, 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 shoesayer and they have taken Juju to go and hypnotize the panel. When the panel sees them, they will say, oh, you have passed, you have passed. But thank God we have prophets. Yeah. I said, thank God we have prophets. Yeah. There a man of God in the church who had discerning spirit and descending eyes. So they were found out. Praise the Lord. God does not change. The husband you married after one month, after three months can change. The man who helped you to obtain your, your, your passport, the next woman he has changed. But Jesus is always available. He's really ready to do what we need. So may he treat us the same way as he does to everybody. He does not change. Our God does not change. So what do we do, believers? As I end this discussion, what we have to do is that, the Bible says we we have to approach the throne of grace with confidence in time of need. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Since we have such a high priest up there, let us approach the throne of grace and he will in time of need so that we can obtain grace and strength in time of difficulty if you are down approach the throne of grace the 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 mystery of it is that that throne is established in your heart hello so you don't need to travel before you meet god in your home that's why he says when you pray enter your closet lock yourselves up the god who hears you in secret will reward you in public. So people will begin to see your victories and they begin to see your successes. But they will don't know when you were on your knees and struggling for those things. Because those are, that aspect is done in secret. It's done in private. It is not the pastor's job. It is not the elder's job. It is Jesus' job. Oh, we are here and we have become instruments. And as so I stand here and I minister to you, I am ministering by the inspiration of God, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. and I am ministering life into your life. It is not me, but the one who has sent me with the message. And I'm believing his message to you. So it is not about me. Hallelujah. And the beloved in Christ, what I want you to know is that let us have that confidence. Build your whole altar in your heart where you will meet God. Build your prayer tower in the house where you can meet God. You don't need to wait and call your pastor midnight that I'm suffering before. For there are times that you need help. But cultivate the habit of In interacting and communing with God yourself because he said we shall approach Him. Our conscience has been sprinkled with the blood, and so we are we are we are we have been set free, we have been made righteous, and so we qualify to approach God. Thankfully, the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. Oh minimum because I change it to tree. In, you know, as of our chief, we are all ministers we are all pastors we are all priests a royal priesthood a, a people that God has chosen for himself so we qualify to offer living sacrifices so Paul said offer your bodies as living sacrifices which is a meaningful service and so we qualify to stand before God even as we prepare ourselves to come to the Lord's table be in the mood and picture Jesus seated on the right hand of God And pleading your case. Picture him. And if you have troubles and problems, you begin to talk to him, and then he will hear you. So believe us how to approach him and allow to accept that he has secured a permanent access for us to the Father. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that we should make sure that bitterness and sinful behaviors don't filter into our lives. Let us create a room for this, our, our, our our relationship with God. So that anytime he wants to approach us, he will have the free hand and the desire to come. May the Lord add his blessings to his word. And may you be carried in Christ. The Bible says that we are seated in high places in Christ. So we are there with him. That is a wonderful thing. We are not here and he is there. We are there with him. So may the Lord carry us there. And we will begin to enjoy the fruits and the blessings that come with coming into his presence. May the Lord bless his word. Amen.